that first episode was pretty effortless. Yeah, there it was, was not very a, easy. There was not a whole lot of editing. Um, I think it helps that we were just having the conversation that we normally have, and yes. so, yeah, it's like we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Yeah, believe it or not, most of our conversations aren't scripted. Yeah, no, shockingly. Yeah, <laughs> we're those we have pe- genuine we're those interactions. Types of <laughs> Hashtag live authentic. <laughs> I want to throw up. No, here, here, it's on my phone on Apple Podcasts. I can't figure out how to if anybody knows how to do this or if you know how to do this oh i don't know how to do it so if you do hyperlinks through squarespace Mm -hmm. episode notes it'll work for uh itunes podcasts oh the hyperlinks will go through yeah but for spotify it won't that's you have to have the actual link but not only that weird if i just have the url if i space or if i return to create a new paragraph yeah it lumps things together that aren't supposed to be part of the URL, and so it gets them all wrong. Oh, interesting. So I just gave up with Spotify, Spotify. which, which kind of sucks because like Spotify is where I now listen to podcasts mm-hmm. because it's where I already listen to my music. Right. And I, it's just nice because Spotify makes it easier to get your analytics. Totally. And that type of stuff. So anyways, it looks really nice on the Apple podcasts because all of those hyperlinks oh, wow. come through. Dude, you have a Patreon? Did you say Patreon? <laughs> I really didn't know. I mean, I'm not going to give you anything. We could do a... We I could already do a, pay you to play yeah. for me. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. That's fine. We could... Do, I, eventually, I want to do like... If you're yeah, interested in supporting this show... Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a Patreon. And it's not just for the podcast. It is for my creative endeavors in general. But the podcast is where you will get a shout out. If you are a patron, uh, please don't interrupt. I'm just clearing my throat. I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of a segment. Please continue your ad. Uh, So yeah, if you'd like to support the show um, and help me make this... Sorry, excuse me. Make this more... If you'd like to help me make this more of a possibility, please check out the link in the description. Be very much appreciated. That was very well said thank you thank you and then i got all these nice links for subscribe on itunes subscribe on yeah. spotify and i can put in the guest links now they look it looks so really now, good and so for clean. your for your episode i'll actually show you because i'm i'm pretty proud of it and i know that that now i can show you here in person you'll appreciate it mm-hmm. um, what you're saying if you like sent it to me i wouldn't appreciate how about it? i just go through just as an example this is a little taste of what the i mean if you're listening to this episode you can just read the the notes underneath it <laughs> but this is the first episode's notes it says Greta Niswan and I go back a few years I've had the awesome chance to play on her first album wow. The Ocean Shelf okay we talk about the stresses of starting and the joys of finishing projects oh that's so sweet <laughs> that was the first episode that is what we I mean that's yeah and then it says join my Patreon in a hyperlink amazing for $5, you can help support the show and get a shout out on the podcast. Cool. Also, I'm doing a thing where if you do uh, choose to become a patron, um, I will make it a point to reach out and you can come see my studio space. You can come see where I record. You can go see where I get things produced. Uh, you can sit in on a session if you want. You could sit in on a podcast. That's cool. Perhaps. Not saying, not saying it's guaranteed, Dang, but I'm, I'm saying it's go a possibility. Sign up for that five dollar slot. In more recent news, uh, speaking of the ocean shelf, yeah, dude, uh, I did mention in that first episode. Hopefully, 
you know, while we were talking about it, hopefully it would be out by that point. Mm-hmm. And it was released soon after, not not quite at the release of that podcast. Yeah, probably like, I think it was a good like three months after though. Yeah, did it come out in August? No, it came out in October. Oh, October. We finished okay. it in August. Okay. At the end of August. And then if you remember, we had the album listening party in the studio, which yes. was super fun. But the song was a lot of fun. That was, yeah, that was really nice. It was nice to like sit down with the people who supported me both in, with their like musical talents, but also like some of my really close friends um, who kind of listened to me like verbally process through the whole journey of recording my album. And they're like, I'm an actor. I don't know like what this <laughs> right. is like, but uh, I'll pat you on the shoulder. You're doing right. a good job, Greta. Um, There's some similarities, I'm sure. Oh, for sure. And I mean, yeah, it's creative fields. It's, you know, there's crossover. Yeah. We all we all deal with awkward family reunion conversations where we have to explain uh-huh. what we do. <laughs> Be like, so are you going to go back to school? I'm like, well, I'm 23 if I haven't gone back yet. Not planning on it, <laughs> but thanks. Um, no, it is interesting, though. I was thinking about this the other day with the, like, before I had an album out, it was like everyone i don't want to say everyone but a lot of people were like okay so like what are you really doing like what are you you know people can't visualize what like career wise yeah like not what, thinking that that's career mm-hmm, the yeah. process of like making an album but then like once i had it out suddenly it's like i've had a couple people reach out to me or like hey can i like take you out for coffee or like can we meet up and i like really like your album and want to hear about like what it was like and blah 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 blah. and i'm kind of like you know like i was the same person the day i released the album that i was the day before i released the album and it was it's interesting and i'm trying not to get like bitter about this and i'm not bitter it's just something i've been like thinking about and noticing this idea that like now that i have a tangible like piece of art out it's like oh greta's now a credible artist and it's kind of like "Mm, this was always there right you know and i've just been thinking about that and i think people if you tracked them down and really asked them they would probably be like if they if they thought through their own actions or words they'd Mm -hmm. be like okay well yeah i mean this doesn't actually legitimize you like clearly you made this happen right uh, but there's just something about that quick reference of like, okay, that's more confirmed. Well, it's, yeah, it's like a like checkpoint people... that they recognize that, that non-musicians, I guess, recognize. Right. Cause it says something about you too. It says that like you had the dedication to go mm-hmm. through with that and you take totally. it, you take it like seriously enough to put in the time and the money and the dedication mm-hmm. to actually see it through. So there is a little bit of like, of, of there's both sides to yeah, that. No, too. and I totally, I totally get it. Like. But yeah, I was just thinking about that. I met up with one of my um, old high school friends for coffee recently and he was talking about it and we kind of talked about it for a little while. Actually, like the main reason I've, I I would say the biggest reason why I've done my own music, it's almost like just another aspect of like the business card sort of mentality of like, it's just a quick reference so somebody can check it out and be like, okay, well they know the recording process this is kind of like their style yeah they get the feel of like okay this is composed by you totally um and and like you've worked with other musicians on it mm-hmm. and like all that stuff says something about you more so than just y- who you are like right it more so than just like the description on your instagram of mm-hmm. like derek guitar player right you know yeah having having a reference of something tangible which mm-hmm. is a good word i think to use to describe stuff like that um it's just good for like 
venues if you want to play at venues right. or if you want to open for different things yeah. or like if you're a person like me where I'm a side musician that stuff just sort of helps mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily make or break a situation but it just it helps yeah well I think like having such a I mean my first record being something that is as polished as it is I think kind of I don't know I feel like it kind of has given me like opened the door to playing my first show at this venue that's kind of reputable that doesn't usually offer slots to um unproven acts which I am because I've never played a gig before but it's weird and I was even talking to Steven um my producer about this um how like we did everything very backwards because like my ultimate goal was always to be able to perform and like play shows and stuff um but to do that like I had to have music and to have music I had to like write music (laughs) and I didn't know how to do like get anything from my head out onto like you know into pro tools um so like that we we just talked about how this has been such a backward process but I feel like it's working out for me really well I feel like I got a year and a half of like super cheap school is what I feel like basically I think that's a good way to look at it too is is to look at those new endeavors as learning experiences instead of just like a thing you have to do like Mm -hmm. instead of just a means to an end yeah if you can like learn in the process well that's something I said like when I first sat down with him and was like, I want to record an album. And the reason I'm not trying to figure it out myself is because I want the most like fastest, most effective way to learn how to write and record an album. And that's really like, I really got that. And part of it was like, he was so good about taking the time required to like get me up to speed to the point where I was like, quote unquote Mm co-producing where I could like essentially where I could make like informed artistic decisions as like the head of the project knowing the technology well enough to Mm -hmm. to -hmm. make those informed decisions yeah exactly and yeah I feel like yeah it was a really rich experience for me yeah and well and he he in particular like likes to answer questions and he likes to educate he's very much like a teacher yeah yeah uh, because I mean, because I interned there for a while, and he'll periodically have different people in who are, you know, either going to school for that sort of thing, or, or they're just interested in the field. And uh, he's always more than interested in totally, and just sharing some of his like experience. Yeah, uh, which is really cool. It's nice to be around that. Yeah, for definitely. Sure. So, as far as albums go, mm-hmm. <laughs> we're working on something. <laughs> today oh you're so funny that's uh, <laughs> i have good segues go on please <laughs> what else do you have to say well did you know that the the guy who invented the Segway died by driving a Segway off a cliff did you just make that up no that's a true fact the guy the guy who invented the Segway was like display he was demonstrating how quickly they can stop and oh he God. did it on the edge of a cliff <laughs> And he drove off the edge of a cliff. I literally don't know what to say to that. And he died. I don't know what I expected. Like in front of people. That's like... Uh, I think that's amazing. If I wasn't already sitting, I would need to sit down. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and that segue leads oh us to album number two, if yeah. I can call it that. I guess. That's... I mean, it's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. As of right now, we've got like a song and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the past 
two or three sessions Mm -hmm. three sessions um and it's a lot of fun it is a lot of fun i'm i'm actually co-writing on some of this Mm -hmm. and so significantly more involved totally uh which how do you feel about that i like it good i'm really glad because it's easier for me to i mean i always generally like if i'm just in as a session guitarist or as a session musician in general I I like to open up the floor like if there's anything I'm doing that you'd rather I do differently mm-hmm. or just change artistic direction go ahead and I feel pretty comfortable with just like doing my thing and letting them interject if they want me to change it right um but I feel that even more so as a co-writer yeah because uh if you're not interrupting me or not saying something about you know where it needs to go instead Mm -hmm. then i feel pretty confident in continuing down the direction i'm already going and like you have a little bit of you have more skin in the game i feel like yeah yeah and so it's it's and it's a little more rewarding too than uh i mean it it is really rewarding to play on somebody's project that i'm not necessarily named on Mm -hmm. or like a founder of right uh that's still really satisfying and it it allows you to do things that you probably wouldn't normally do yeah um but this is really nice because i get to like sort of uh my name is almost on it in a way yeah it is even though it's going to be a greta album right i feel like yeah i just feel closer to the music totally because we like the song that we were just working on a few minutes ago we wrote in this space right and uh just I had a bass line going and then we just tracked it in logic. I think it's also like worth saying that both of the songs that are in production, I guess you could say like came started from you because the first one, which is, you know, less polished and complete than the one that we were working on today, obviously. But that one was like you had a track that was kind of bare bones, but like had a direction and then you like played it for me and then I'm like, oh, like. I can do something with this, which was really cool because I've never written a song like that. I mean, we were talking about that a little bit today in that in my first record, which was the first nine songs that I've written in like 10 years, it was like I had the songs more or less complete and the vision kind of complete in my head. And then it was just a matter of getting it out. But to like start from scratch together with another person is like a game changer and I yeah. f- like this is like the easiest two songs I've ever written in my whole life. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's kind of how I feel. And I like opening up my because uh, I mean, recently I've taken on more of a producer role mm-hmm. and, and an engineer role. And I, I really like having my home be a studio that I'm running. Totally. Because for me, I wake up and it, sometimes it's sometimes it's really uninspiring because I'm just like on no sleep. And I just, I played for the past three days at different gigs Mm -hmm. and I'm just like, I'm drained and I just want to sit down and play video games and, and, (laughs) and eat chocolate. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But the, the ideal day, the optimistic side of things is like, I wake up and I just walk into the living room. I make myself some coffee and I, I sit down while that's brewing Yeah, and I just open up the project I was working on the night before Mm -hmm. and I just keep going and it's super like things happen so fast and it's so inspiring and satisfying because things like the more things I get, cause I'm task oriented Mm -hmm. and so even though, (laughs) yes you are, (laughs) even though this whole songwriting thing is like free form and very like 
almost shapeless. There is not necessarily task oriented. I don't know if I would say it's shapeless at all. I think maybe I expected that it would be more and maybe I don't think I'm task oriented, but I do think I'm very analytical and like pattern oriented. So for me, Mm. it's like in writing a song, it's like just solving problem after problem after problem after problem which i really like like oh how are we going to transition this well let's see yeah let's brainstorm really quick and then get something down and then if that sucks get something better down and then if that sucks get something that's like oh that's the best idea that we've had so far let's mm-hmm. just leave it at that and then move forward and, and i like that i yeah. like that way of doing things too where you're like okay well let's let's put a block in here because mm-hmm. something has to be here right so let's put this in here we like that, but we know that that's probably not what'll be there. Right. And later as we go, it's like, okay, let's let's figure this out and then we'll yeah. switch it with something else. Which is to say like nothing is sacred yeah. in anything that we've put together so far, which is really cool. And I really like that because it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit. Because if we find something better, then yeah. we should put the better thing in, in exactly. its place. And I feel like if we both have that like understanding and everyone in the room has that understanding, like there's no ego because it's like well it's just objectively a better idea but also like that's kind of not super easy for everybody i feel like yeah it's easy i think it's by default it's easy to take those things personally yeah but you and i have just been around those scenarios enough Mm -hmm. like i've 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 gotten bitter about my ideas not getting picked Mm -hmm. before plenty of times but eventually you're just like, okay, well, that's just the nature of this thing that I've chosen to do with right. my life. I think the other thing though, too, is like in a space where it's you and I working on something, it's like if I feel really strongly about a certain part of the song and I'm like, no, like this is what I want and like this is why. And I feel like I feel safe both to let things go and also to be like, no, I really want to fight for like this one thing. And like if we fight about it quote unquote and then it ends up not working out then it's like oh well you know i had i said my piece and it's almost easier for me to let it go that way i don't know that's kind of rambly but no i think that's i think that's a good point to make because even though you you can't really take things personally that's not to say that if somebody feels strongly about their idea that you shouldn't feel strongly about yours totally you yeah, know, that was it, a way more succinct way of saying it. Well, Thanks, like if, if you if you want to like if you stick to your guns, that that can be a way. If you're the type of person who's had a reputation of not taking things personally, mm-hmm. sticking to your guns oh, absolutely can really stand out to yeah. somebody or to a room of people as like, oh, well, maybe I need to like really give this a chance. Yep. Uh, and then and then you can go that route, and, and the then cool things thing can is, always go back because sometimes I'll feel great about something. Yeah, I'll be like, especially in a live setting, like whether I'm playing it at church or, or otherwise I'll be like, what if we did this and I feel really great about this idea. Mm-hmm. We try it. And then I'm like, that, that sucks. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Once I actually heard it, I was like in my head, I thought it was what I wanted, but it was not at all what I wanted. <laughs> I'm like, this energy feels right. And then we translate that into the instruments that are on stage. And I'm like, this is terrible. Right. Let's forget it. This is it. objectively wrong <laughs> yeah. and incorrect. Yeah, and everybody's totally. usually on the same page. Once you hear it, mm-hmm. it's just, you can't try out every single idea like right. that. And so that's kind of why you need to let things go when people are like, no, not that direction. Totally. Because you can't, you, there's not enough time right. to explore every single option. Yeah. Um, and your instincts just develop and, and you get better and faster at, at honing in on what those potential good ideas are totally totally and your ear gets better and then you come up with better solutions when there are problems that are like well we come up with these but none of these are quite right 
you know yeah yeah i like that <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> well that's a huge that's just a huge part of of live music and uh and recording and writing is just figuring out how the hell you sort out all these ideas mm -hmm. there's so many options there's like okay well do we uh and i feel like it's generally pretty easy for us again because we don't really take things that personally right which again has not always out. been the case yes you know yeah even when we've worked together oh we, yeah no. we both used to take things when more we were personally. little musical babies yeah, yes <laughs> and so like with uh like with the song we were working on today you're just like if we were emo about it we could just put piano at the end of this right and i was like that's a really good idea and, and then it's like <laughs> oh yeah it. i guess it was a really good idea yeah yeah totally. and who knows that could change but so far i really like it yeah no me too uh and i i think it's a good direction but um yeah i mean you can't you can't explore every single option like what if it was this type of piano or what if like instead it was plucked strings right. it's like just get the idea out some of those things will sort themselves out because mm -hmm. you might write the way you sing the lyrics over top of it totally. might dictate okay this really fits right. this instrument or you know if you if you ask too many questions you'll stunt the process well and like that specific piece of the song that you're talking about that end with the piano was like the last piece of the song all together so like once we had that down we essentially we had a draft of the whole thing which i feel like anytime i get there it's like i consider like oh this song is done yes like that's and it's and obviously a, very a first draft moment exactly and it's a moment that like and it's really significant for me because like i never used to get to that moment ever <laughs> Yeah. like ever so now i every time i get there and i'm like oh this song is done yeah I'm like oh sick okay now let's rewrite it you know yes. and then it, but yeah. it's i feel like it's important to take that moment to be like excellent mm -hmm. something is here and yeah. it's now a complete thing whether it's good or not doesn't really matter right now right and that's yeah the bones yeah. are solid totally and uh everything that we can work around that will be easier now that it has a format yeah. Like we know where the song's going. Right. Um and like reference tracks and things like that help out with with figuring out, you know, exactly the choices you're making and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. All that to say, you just you get better as you do it and the more people you work with, I think, definitely helps. Yeah. Working with working with as many people as possible when you're in the beginning and early stages, I think is pretty key. I feel like that also helps kind of break down your ego too you know having a lot of hands in the pot and a lot of opinions and even if you're the person who is the quote-unquote creative director of like a project you still kind of have to hear everybody out and a lot of the times like people will have better ideas than you and it's like oh I can either let this like ooh, feel kind of yucky and make me feel bad or like I'm not like I have like you know imposter syndrome or whatever or I can be like you know that's a great idea let's carry it out and kind of once you do that enough times i feel like your ego starts to break i think especially working with people that you don't know as well hmm. um at least for me that may not be true for everyone i might be making like a blanket statement but i think working with people that you aren't close to because you're less likely to be a jerk to a stranger at least i am sure i'm less likely to be a jerk to somebody like justin who i met right. in the process of recording your album totally and it helps that he's you know super mega freaking talented yes but, <laughs> but the thing is is like when i 
when I first sit down in a room and he's there as well and I don't hear him play, I'm like, okay, well, he's young like me. Mm -hmm. There are many ways ways this could go. There are many ways that this could (laughs) play out. He could be okay. Mm -hmm. He could be mind-blowingly good. Right. He could be like egotistical. He could be very humble and willing to... Let easy the process to work with, hard to work with. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and he was a very pleasant person to work with in the studio. And mm-hmm. I liked hearing his ideas take their course because it gives me new perspective yeah. on things that I can do. Or maybe there's maybe there isn't room in the song for guitar. Watching the two of you bounce off of each other, especially in like that ending part of the blues where it goes from a guitar solo to a piano solo, I was like uh, probably one of my top five, like just being in the control room of the studio for me, just that was so, so cool to watch. Yeah. Uh, that made me be like, oh, I should learn an instrument. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should just sing like you're an instrument more often. I'm not, not to say you shouldn't learn an instrument. No, yeah. But every time that you're just like literally just throwing out... <laughs> Yeah, you're just doing these throwaway ideas. Every time we were in the control room and you were just throwing out random things while you were playing like Nintendo DS, I was like, <laughs> you should do yeah, that. Yeah, I worked very hard sitting in the corner <laughs> playing my Game Boy, <laughs> being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, yeah. <laughs> Literally, that Which is, is basically what like, it's like to be in the room with me while there's enough, music going on. <laughs> interestingly enough, though, that's my kind of my workflow is like, because... I mean, you guys can't see this because there's no video for it, obviously. But my like our 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 monitor uh, for like our workstation and everything is right next to our TV. And so if I'm like, you know, my shoulders hurt because I've been sitting at the you know at the desk for too long, I'll just sit down and play either something on Switch or something on PS4. Yep. And then when I'm like, okay, I feel good, and mm-hmm. then I'll sit, I'll like go back and work what I was working on. Totally. Um. There's just something really nice about like oh, that bouncing back I, and forth. I love that. Well, and it's like you kind of have to trust yourself that you're going to get like be able to go back and forth. And I yeah. think a lot of people maybe don't. And that's why they're like, well, I don't play games or I don't do this. I like I'm trying to be productive. And I'm okay. kind of like, well, I would like to delve into that a little more because I've heard so many people. Some people are like not actually judging. Sometimes they're just. They're either joking or they say it not as a, a, a judging sort of thing, which is I'm trying to think of how to word that. Like I had somebody recently who was like, I was like, yeah, I want to learn how to make, you know, those those drunk groove sort of lo-fi beats more. And they're like, you should just stop playing video games and do that instead. And it, it didn't come mm. across as like judging. Yeah. It was just like. But still, like, why would you say that? Well, it was just like it, it came across as more just like, oh, we'll just find the time for it. And I was mm-hmm. like. Yeah, I should just find the time for it. Right. Uh, but video games is just generally what people jump to. Because right. I think a lot of people our age and just creative people in general like video games. Yeah. Uh, but there are some people on the other hand who are like, no, I don't play video games because they're a waste of time. Or sure. like, I don't play, which may be true for some people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I find it enriching and inspiring okay i mean i will say this until the day i die consuming good art makes you a better artist Mm. and to me video games have always been art and part of it is like the games that i play like there are things 
there are honestly like just full disclosure there are like melodic lines from the ocean shelf that i stole from twilight princess the soundtrack yeah yeah you know it's like i didn't know that no that's amazing you probably can't find them because i hid them very well (laughs) but like i'd love to like go that would actually be super cool i don't they're probably like so i mean well and like wind waker and it's kind of like like the games that i played while i was writing the album influenced the album yeah you know and i love that and it part of me is like it's just what you consume is what comes out of you what you consume you create yeah yeah um and if you're consuming good art consistently and it's and it's something that feels enriching to you and like gives you energy and gives you inspiration whether that be like this might sound kind of woohoo or whatever but like for me the like color palette of wind waker is something that i always am like i love this it's super bright it's super colorful it doesn't take itself too seriously toon link is a total meme you know it's well especially like, like the the hd remake mm-hmm. for uh wii u mm-hmm. looks so good yeah that yeah. is one of the best looking zelda games yeah and it's like i was playing that and i was like the way that i feel right now playing this is the way that i want listeners to feel when they listen to my album mm-hmm. which is like you might not think like how do those things connect but like to me it was like a north star in terms of when i'm listening to a song and i'm like does this make me feel like the way that I feel when I play Wind Waker. No, then something needs to be adjusted. And it's not just like just Wind Waker. There are other things like there are books and, you know, movies and things that... And people. Yeah, and people, exactly. It's just stuff that you kind of... If you're taking stock of where you're at emotionally while you're experiencing works of art in any kind of medium, like, I think that's an invaluable tool as an artist. And I think that literally like can become a North star of a project and kind of keep you from being lost and keep you moving forward when you do get stuck. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a, um, I feel so strongly about that. I'm oh, like yeah. getting sweaty. Abs- absolutely. Just, like, well, there've been, there've been times where like I was playing, I'm trying to think of just like the recent games I've played. I mean, I just finished Spider-Man um, yeah. <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, which the soundtrack to the Spider-Man, like the the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack to the new Spider-Man video game is breathtaking. Mm. It's amazing, and the way it's like, the way it was engineered. So like, there are so many different points in the music where uh, it can, like, it has an opportunity to like end the yeah. song. Because it's all this like sweeping orchestral and like there's t- lots of like choir and, and choral sounds happening. Yeah. Uh, you can be like at the top of the Empire State Building. And if you jump off, the music like swells in yeah. as you're like diving. Mm-hmm. But if you're swinging around, like the music continues. But anytime you stop, like you, you land on the ground or yeah. you land on a building or something like that. There are so many different points in the song where it it has enough opportunities to where when you stop swinging the music like concludes yeah. in a satisfying way mm-hmm. and it's like that took so much effort mm-hmm. and so much totally. thought totally to make you feel like you're like you're in his shoes yeah and to it's make an immersive you, experience yeah which i feel like is what any artist wants to give to their viewers or listeners absolutely so Jess and I just adopted a cat today and he yes. just he just ran through like a ghost. Oh, is he over there? Yeah. Gotcha. So if you guys hear like a little jingly bell, that's that's his collar. 
<laughs> His name is Bagheera. Baggy. Baggy. <laughs> he's a good boy. He's just shy right now. He's trying to figure out where he fits he's into our a, lives. He's had a long day. Yeah, seriously. We, we picked him up at like 1.30 in the afternoon. Today. And so, today. Yeah. And so it went from just like at the shelter, he ate and like spent some time there probably saw a lot of people mm-hmm. and then we took him home in this cardboard box <laughs> and we just let him loose in our apartment with so many new smells yeah. and, and noises because mm-hmm. we're just trying to do our lives as usual so he, we he doesn't feel too like well and he's pressure. not like a little kitten too so right i feel like it's not quite as high maintenance i'm trying to be mindful of like he has a way of doing things totally and he kind of needs space Derek, to do his things. Derek, look at you. That's, that's really great. <laughs> you should treat people that way, too. Mm. <laughs> let's... Let's not get drastic. Yeah, let's not make life too complicated. It's funny. Have you seen... Okay, sorry. This is a super sidetrack, but, like, have you ever heard of... I don't know her actual name, but her handle is, like... I think it's Tokidoki Traveler. Mm, I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah. So she's like a a YouTuber who lives in Tokyo. I think she's from Australia. So there is this super cool video of like her showing her apartment. So Jess and I are pretty nerdy when it comes to like tiny homes. We wanted one for a really long time. It, the channel's called Living Big in a Tiny House, and it's these people, it's this couple who goes around the world. You know what? I think I've seen this video that you're talking about, yes. actually. And it's an eight square meter Tokyo yeah. apartment. Like, yeah. It's so it's small, she can't stretch her arms from one wall. Like, she can touch both walls. I literally, I literally think I've seen what you're talking about, because there was a while where I was like, I should just move to Japan. <laughs> And so I started doing research. It sounds so great. Yeah. Like, no, I've seen that video. I've seen that video. Like it sounds, I think to Jess, it sounds not nice. And once I'm in an apartment like that, I probably wouldn't be a fan of how small it is, to mm-hmm. be honest. But the idea of it is really appealing. Yeah. Of living in a city and just being like, my apartment's so small, I can't even have possessions. So I just don't. Totally. I like that. That's funny. But it's like that... That shot is her apartment. Yeah, no, it's it's the, crazy. The bed is like above where they're standing and that's it. She has a bathroom. She has a bed. She has a desk under her bed. Yeah. Well, it like it makes you think about how much stuff you actually need. Yeah. And sometimes, I mean, if you're like recording stuff, like your studio equipment would probably take up the whole apartment. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Which is kind of, I feel like in a way, that's how we're transitioning. We had a two bedroom. And then we lived in a house with some friends and all the while we tried to like downsize our space that Mm -hmm. we were using and the stuff that we have. And right now we have a one bedroom and our living room is the same thing as our studio space. Yeah. uh, Which flows right into the dining room. Which you have a nice space. I have said it every time I'm over, but I love (laughs) to spend time here. I I like it. The goal was to have it be like a hang. Yeah, it's because, a, it's a total hang. Yeah, we're hanging right now. Yeah, just vibing. We're catching up with. <laughs> we are catching up with. Did you say catching up? <laughs> um, 
Oh man. Okay. That, I know when she does her exercises. The yoga mat. Yeah. It doesn't even I've fit seen on the this floor. Video. I literally <laughs> I like love that. Yeah. I love that you've seen that. Probably when you were doing re like because we were doing research for tiny homes when we saw this. Mm-hmm. You were probably doing research for Japan when yeah, you saw this. Probably. But that's no, super I definitely, cool. Definitely. Yeah. I also love the i like the certain things about living in big cities. Like people don't have room for the food or they don't have a fridge and so they just buy what they need that day and everything's fresh and, and i'm like that's cool i think that's cool too i don't like keeping a lot of food yeah in my neither. house me neither because if i do i just eat it <laughs> <laughs> well I, if i do i don't eat it and then it goes bad and yeah. then i've wasted mm-hmm. all the money there's just certain things i like about these environments where you're forced to do something and then you learn that like oh i can like i could just make this a part of my life. I feel like human beings are a lot more what's the word? I would say resilient than maybe they think and it's kind of like oh I could never do that and it's like well yeah. I don't know you might I think people say that too soon and yeah. don't give themselves the chance to surprise themselves Yeah, and that's something that I've learned with, with like travel it's like oh well, I could never like pack two weeks in a carry-on no way and it's that's like how, that's well then we i have to, to do it and it's like oh and then it's done and it's like oh i used to this be is totally fine i used to be such an overpacker to the point where like i would use up a large suitcase by myself mm-hmm. i was that way too and because i just i had this idea of like i didn't want to forget anything yeah so i would just bring everything that i might possibly want totally with me on a trip i was that way too but then something happened where i it shifted and i i got more pleasure out of not dealing with all this shit yeah that i have to keep a track totally. like keep an eye on i have to make sure that i don't leave anything in the airbnb mm-hmm. and then i packed everything back up yep and that i don't leave it in california or you know like new york wherever we are um and there's just something so satisfying like the last trip i think it was the last trip i was on i flew to texas for a show and trying to remember the backpack over there that is for my pedal board it has my pedal board in it and the front pouch is like where i keep my cables and everything and the top one is where i keep my in-ears so it has stuff in it like it doesn't really have open space i just put a shirt and a pair of underwear in it. oh (laughs) funny and like a stick of deodorant incredible yeah and 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 my like my toothbrush and i just borrowed somebody else's tooth that's, <laughs> that's so scrappy of you i love that it's awesome like i just get to walk on the plane and yeah. then when we land i just walk off the yeah, plane I feel and like, i have everything i feel like for me with traveling and traveling light and packing light i i always think of like i think it was barack obama actually who like wears the same suit every single day and he's like i have to make a million decisions a day i don't want to waste one on what i'm wearing that day and i like heard that i don't know if I think that was Obama, but it might have like, been. I know it's I also that, a Mark Zuckerberg thing. Oh, I bet it is. Like I don't want to waste a decision. He always on what wears to wear like in the, the same T-shirt yeah. and the same jeans. Well, it's like your this idea of like your personal uniform has kind of been going around, and I have kind of been reading into that. But no, yeah. So for me, it's like when I'm traveling, like I'm making tons of decisions, and all my senses are like maxed out, which I love and is awesome. But I don't want to start like be stressed about what to wear. So I'm like, if I know I've only packed things that I know like spark joy, then it's like. It doesn't matter what I'll wear. It'll be good. And I, yeah. yeah, yeah. doesn't matter whether there's something else that you would have liked more. You like the stuff that you've got mm-hmm. and you've got the stuff that you need. And the reason I'm there is not to dress cute. 
and there, there's something but satisfying. I do dress cute while I travel, just for the record, so <laughs> that everybody knows. There's something independently satisfying about like I don't have anything more than what I need, yeah. and I think part of that is becoming an adult. But or at least for me, it's yeah. since I've become an adult, I I I realize that about myself. But if I can make a trip without having to pay for a carry on hmm. and without having to pay for um check bag and I can just put everything under the seat in front of me mm-hmm. for a trip, walk on and off the plane, yeah, and just be free. Yep. <laughs> basically. Because that's what it comes down to is like my freedom. I'm yep. not tied to this bag yep. that I have to because if you're if you're going somewhere and you don't have a hotel, like if you land at eight in the morning and you don't check in until three, you're carrying this bag around, right? And that's such a pain in the neck. Mm-hmm. If it's a backpack, right? Nothing changes. I would take that backpack anyways. Totally. So it's yeah, it's just so much nicer, and and you just get used to like what you can go without. Yeah. Because like, okay, the hotel's gonna have soap. I don't need that. They're going to mm-hmm. have a towel. I don't need that. Right. They're going to have shampoo and conditioner. And it may not be the stuff that you use at home, but who mm-hmm. cares? Right. You're traveling. Right. <laughs> you know? And maybe that means that much to you and you take it because that's something maybe you prioritize. Maybe you bleach your hair every six weeks. And if you don't use your blue shampoo, it'll turn orange and then you're ugly. <laughs> not me, of course. Other people. <laughs> do you use blue shampoo? Yeah, I do. It keeps it from like being brassy. Mm. so wait is your like is it coloring your hair blue no so it basically like neutralizes because w- when you bleach your hair you bleach it and then you tone it so that, yeah, it does, it'll so go that yellow it's not otherwise. yellow exactly yeah. so like i tone it and i want mine to be more ashy blonde because i have a cool skin tone this is really good knowledge for everybody out there yeah um i have a cool skin tone Don't so visualize what's i want going on my here. hair to be like icy and ashy as opposed to like warm yeah um but it'll automatic like the toner in it will audit will you know just fade and so i use blue mm-hmm. shampoo to kind of continuously tone it every night yeah and then every six weeks i go actually go into the salon and then my stylist will like do- bleach it again mm-hmm. gotcha and like do my roots and then do the rest of my hair she does a really good job that's cool what's her name peyton 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 at root salon and they are sponsoring this episode <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna be like excuse me <laughs> Uh, no she really does the lord's work on my hair though yeah one time actually i waited like three months because i couldn't afford it because <laughs> i was paying in studio to record my album um <laughs> so i'm an adult it's, who it's has expensive. bills to pay for real because i have taxes or whatever yeah at a certain um, point you just have but that. i went in and like my roots were super super long and she was like okay and then she like like i don't know how she did it but it was like amazing that she evened it all out and there was no like banding which is when your hair like is like two-toned you know you can tell you can tell where yeah exactly exactly derek i'm impressed um but (laughs) i could put things together and i was like we like you know are talking and it usually takes like a couple hours and then at the end i was like wow like peyton this is so good and then she like looked me dead in the eyes through the mirror and was like don't ever do that to me again and i was like oh no and then we went up to the like and she was like she was like kind of joking but she was also like don't do that and then when we when we went up to like i checked out she's like okay six weeks get out your calendar (laughs) and she was and she was joking she was joking (laughs) you're looking at me like how could she say that well she was joking and we have that kind of rapport but it was just like i actually wasn't sure what aspect uh 
you were talking about so you were talking about like don't don't wait this long again exactly don't, don't make me wait this yes long. exactly don't i thought you were saying like long. i thought you were saying like you complimented her like this is so good and i thought you were saying that she was sort of implying like I don't need you to say good oh, job. So I know I do a good job. No, Peyton's great. She's great. <laughs> Which would also be really funny, but no, yeah, I like she's that. like, don't ever wait that long again. And it like, it's like a core memory now. I'm like, every six weeks I have to go see Peyton. Otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> she's scary. <laughs> it's like when animals get restless before an earthquake. Literally. It's like, <laughs> I feel like it's been six weeks since I did something really important. Right. Now we just scheduled like the same day. Yeah, that's the way to do that it. That is, I never schedule anything unless I do it while I'm at the place. It's like the hardest thing to, especially as like, I feel like I've just heard from so many people out of state that it's a Midwestern thing. Like people who have come and moved to Minnesota are like, it's so hard to pin people down. You'll you'll say like, we should go get coffee 50 times, not yeah. 50 times, but you might say it 10 times. Totally. Before you actually go get coffee. Well, you know, they say, like, if you want to make friends in Minnesota, go to kindergarten. <laughs> really? That's a thing. I've never yeah, heard that. That's my, great, though. My coworker is from Atlanta, and she moved wow. here a couple years ago, and she's like, yeah, it's so hard to make friends in Minnesota. Yeah, people have their own Everyone groups. just minds their own business, too. And I, th yeah, I think it comes from a genuine sense of, like, I don't want to bother people. I think with so, my, too. With I think it's totally genuine too yeah. i don't want to like impose m my life on somebody else's life mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna stay out of it right and i don't know if it's like we're the only people in the country that do that i doubt it mm -hmm. but i know some people from georgia some people who are from california texas as well uh like who i've specifically talked with about this where it's like yeah we've talked to We've talked to certain people and just said like, yeah, we should meet up or we should hang out. And it just, they're like, it, it just doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. But I actually, a friend of mine who might be listening, uh, his name's Bryce Richardson and he's a great dude. Bryce. 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 Uh, is actually sponsoring this episode. <laughs> and uh, Oh my God, Bryce. Thanks, yeah. man. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Uh, the link is in the description if you're curious. <laughs> he asked me like he's like we should go get coffee or maybe i said it but like I, th I think it was he him who like suggested we go get coffee after the first weekend we ever played together mm -hmm. uh first time we met first time we worked together he was like we should go get coffee and like a few days later or the next week we got coffee and i was like super pumped but i also distinctly remember being like oh he really wants to get coffee yeah because well, okay. we set it up i feel like this the whole like oh we should go get coffee in like minnesota translation is like it's so good to see you yes and like that's all it means and it I, just means like oh i'm happy to see you and doesn't require any like follow-up action i think it i think it kind of translates to it would be really nice like you would be nice to hang out and drink coffee with totally not i want to not, hang out and not we are going to get coffee absolutely, sometime absolutely. i think it means like that's super funny. it's a nice idea the two of us hanging out and drinking coffee that is so funny because we say it so much yeah and it just doesn't happen the majority of the time but anyways like i remember talking to his wife april after that and i, I mentioned that whole scenario and how it panned out uh because the 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 topic had come up again in the green room and she like completely agreed because she's from georgia I think he's from the San Francisco area and mm -hmm. she is from Georgia. But uh, it was just like, yeah, not everybody, when you say like, yeah, let's let's meet up, a lot of the times it just never happens. Yeah, I've recently, I 
found that I've stopped saying that partly because I'm like, I don't want to, this sounds bad. I don't want to spend time with you. My time is like, there's only so much really precious to me. And that doesn't mean that I don't think you're great or that's not really, really good to see you or it would be nice to see you. But it's like, like if there I there are other more things time, that have my full attention right now. Yeah. And I, I think that's also just part of growing up too. Yeah. You get, you get better at part of getting better at managing your time is you're just like recognizing who you can really afford to make time, like cut out time for. Yeah. And sometimes, and sometimes I think as an adult, part of that is like, I, I want to meet, like, I want to get to know this person. And so I'm going to make it a point that we meet up and we know each other because like we work together or mm-hmm. I'm going to see you more often. Totally. And I really would like to get to know you and make a good first impression. Yeah. But they might not be close enough that you hang out every week. Yeah. Or a couple times a week. But then I think generally as adults, we tend to have like a close group of people that you see on a weekly or biweekly basis. Totally. And you just can't, there's not enough time to do that with every person, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're like following your dreams <laughs> Yeah, and working a full-time job. Well, some of like me. the, some of the, some of the, like the, you know, the, the freaks. And I mean that as a compliment are like, they don't have friendships and they don't really have social lives right. and they're just freaking they are chasing their dreams kind of with like, ma- machines not yeah. even necessarily in a bad way but yeah, like with just like every ounce of spare time and i think there's some validity to that too you know mm-hmm. uh just recognizing like i don't like if i dedicated time to this i would be missing out on something else that's really important right and it's not that i don't want to hang out with you but I can't afford to give this time yeah, up. Yeah, and as I'm starting to think that at least seasons of that are kind of necessary in any pursuit of dreams. Because I, there was a period, even like while I was recording The Ocean Shelf, that it was like I did not spend time with my friends. Every like spare moment, literally, I was either at work or I was in the studio or I was working on lyrics or working on any of the countless things that had to get done logistically. And that takes a lot of energy for me is logistics. <laughs> um, yeah. They get done. It just like takes a lot out of me. No, I get that. Um, but, and I like remember some of my friends being like, Greta, like all this drama is happening. And like, what are you, what do you think? And I'm like, literally don't talk to me like literally don't i, I do, do not I care do not care i do not <laughs> yeah. have the time or energy i am so busy right now i just can't and i don't think that that was wrong and, no. it, and then eventually be freeing too i think it i think it really Cause, was because maybe it frees you up to be like oh yeah life is really nice when i'm not too involved totally in everybody else's life absolutely you know yeah and and you have to be selective about who you're spending time around and then you learn right okay these are the if i only have so much time i know who my friends are exactly that i have to see yeah and it's like finding who am i running with you know as opposed to like who am i ambling with yeah ambling yeah three-point vocab word from greta is that like i didn't even go to college um i don't know (laughs) i think that's the only word amble i think if you're ambling you're like wandering just kind of like leisurely yeah, look it up. I was a little too confident using it. So, ample definition, to walk or move at a slow, relaxed is. pace. I was right. 
Uh, okay, so it's a verb and a noun. So verb is to oh walk or move at a slow, relaxed pace. Noun is a walk at a slow, relaxed pace, especially oh, for and, pleasure. And amble. Yes. Yeah. There's two amble and an amble. I'm I'm going for an amble. <laughs> I don't think anyone has ever said that. I'm sure somebody said that. I don't think, no, I don't think a single person. <laughs> Not even you right there. <laughs> Why is it called a preamble? Isn't a preamble like the thing at the beginning of a book? Mm, you think of a prologue? No. Thinking of a preface? preface? No. A preliminary, okay, preamble is a preliminary or preparatory statement, an introduction. Oh, so it's kind of like an amble into conversation or like into a segue a into yeah, the topic yeah, yeah, yeah. i guess wow one of my favorite recent words that i i i used it somewhat accurately because i knew the context but i recently looked it up and i was like oh that's what that means <laughs> and now i've been using it more is non sequitur non sequitur and yeah. i for the longest time i'm like okay non sequitur people usually say that if they're saying like a side something well yeah i mean like you say this might be a sidebar like you say that a lot yes. so to hear you like non sequitur that's and yeah and i i'm going to say it from memory and then i'm going to look it up to see how well i retained it but wow. a non sequitur i think is specifically a statement that is not answering the question at hand so like if you if something in the conversation reminds you of something, it might be related, but it's not going down the path that the conversation I feel like my whole heading. life is non sequiturs. Everything <laughs> reminds me of everything. Non sequitur. Okay. A conclusion or statement that does not logically follow from the previous argument or statement. Okay. So somewhat. I was yeah, somewhat right. so it's, it's different than it's like not, it's a not sidebar. About, yeah, it's not about like changing the topic. It's it's not about like this didn't answer the question. It's like somebody, let's see, his weird mixed metaphors and non sequiturs. So you like, yeah, if you just abruptly change the conversation. Yeah. Or sometimes, usually for me, if I use a non sequitur, it's like I have an idea and I'm like, oh, I'm going to forget this. So let me, while I'm thinking of it. I'm going to say this thing. That's funny. You do that? that? Yeah. Weird. What? No, you're totally normal, Derek. What? I do that too. I don't do that. Do you not? No, that's super weird. Oh. To say it? What? Like to just like in the middle of what you were saying before, to just say it? To... Sometimes, well, I'll yeah. Pull, I'll pull things. I mean, I'll pull out my phone and write stuff down all the time. Well, if I need to tell somebody sometimes i just have to let let them pass through me and not engage with <laughs> well, like, them to to go back to like the whole logistic logistics of like a project uh we were talking logistics of album number two yeah and it was one of those things where as soon as you got here the topic at hand was more so all right let's work on this song right but you were like by the way we need to talk logistics today yeah but we didn't talk about logistics right then and no. it wasn't related to the thing at hand Oh, I guess entirely. Yeah. So that's kind of a non sequitur. Yeah, that, that's, that's I feel like that's kind of a non sequitur. Yeah, you're like before I forget. I'm satisfied with that example. Yeah, before I forget this, and then you have there's right. a better chance that it'll actually get taken care yep. of. And then you can, yeah. But I realize you can't do that with everybody. Like, say you actually we you didn't used to be able to like. <laughs> do that oh yeah yeah i used to be very linear very in my linear which is not necessarily a bad thing i'm like this is not related to what i'm talking about so i'm gonna bring the conversation back right to what i was talking about i thought it was always very very funny listening to watching you in conversation like in the room with my whole family which is just 
like rolling waves of talking yes. over each other and like top new topic new topic new topic and then like yes. you would chime in and go back on what you were originally saying like four topics ago and everybody would like, laugh yeah yeah and, and it, it was just like it's not like an unwelcome environment or anything but no, i no, just no. thought it was really funny yeah well, i think things just move so much faster in your family than than like i come from a family of very quiet like astute norwegians astute <laughs> i i don't know if that's the right term yeah stoic stoic yeah norwegian not norwegians we're not norwegian we're dutch <laughs> <laughs> but i feel like that's like the minnesotan thing like the yeah, stern totally. norwegian stoic scandinavian person. yeah yeah um which my like, family is scandinavian but i feel like but we're a small family and you guys yeah. are more well I feel you guys like aren't your typical my siblings i feel like we have a lot of the german polish influence which, which is more like I don't know. <laughs> I don't outgoing even know. or yeah. aggressive? More, I say, yeah, outgoing and aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Assertive, yeah. I think. A little more boisterous, I would say. Ooh. Yeah. Boisterous. Mm-hmm. I have to one-up your non-sequitur. There's, there's <laughs> I raise you one boisterous. <laughs> <laughs> I call that non-sequitur and raise you one boisterous. Amazing. Man. Um, But also there are seven of us. And that, yes. and just by sheer number, like if your voice is going to get heard, like you have to say it loud and fast. Yeah. It won't happen by pure happenstance. No. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that is above boisterous, but the way that you looked at me while you said it, you were very <laughs> seemed proud. Like it it did. seemed like it did. Very confident. Whether or not it actually did. And I respect that. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Welcome. Well, yeah, I mean, like I have one sibling and so being in a room with all of your siblings, like I didn't meet all of you at once, but the first time I was around you most might have of died you, <laughs> on the spot, the first time I was around most of you at one time, it was just like, I, it was just a, a new perspective. I had mm-hmm. never been around a family that big. My mom used to say that she'd like to us to invite our friends who were like only children over specifically when we were all home yeah just to watch them like like wide-eyed yeah like crumble (laughs) that's because my mom is like that (laughs) that's very much something she i feel like she's a tester yeah like she she would like to test somebody's limits oh for sure for sure but she's also like very nurturing yeah so it's yeah it's not in a malicious way it's just like can you handle it yeah totally totally (laughs) Yeah, can you handle it? I think that is absolutely... She's always asking that with people. Yeah. Is she a middle child? She's the oldest. She's the oldest. Mm -hmm. She has two younger sisters. Interesting. My dad's the youngest. Oh, wow. Of seven. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I'm the youngest of two. I'm the middle (laughs) of five. Five. Yeah. Jess is in the middle of four. Interesting. Anyways, we all fall. We all fall somewhere, don't we? It's birth crazy. It's, it's crazy. We all have a birth order. <laughs> I felt like I was trying to draw some meaning out of that. It's like, wow, that's so cool. The world is that, so big, uh, but we all share one sky. We've one all... sky, one destiny. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> the best. The best bad video game oh, ever. Oh man. Like, not bad. It aged like cheese yeah it was really really good when i first played it the like the first the few music, times i played it still the music is I, amazing i like instantly cry actually well and the aesthetics are great the art direction is awesome um the storytelling is a joke yeah 
the dialogue is pathetic. <laughs> But the music and the art direction really totally. holds that thing It together. absolutely does. It absolutely does. And that's what kind of, I mean, sometimes that's all it takes to like make something inspirational for sure. Yeah. Well, the first time I saw it too, it was like I was in middle school. And so the crappy dialogue didn't seem as crappy because mm-hmm. I was in Well, I used school. to like watch all, because we, we only had Nintendo systems. We didn't yeah. have any, I don't even know. What do you play Kingdom Hearts on? PlayStation? Sony. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I used to just watch all the cutscenes on YouTube, like a movie, mm-hmm. because I loved it so much. Like, I loved the art direction and the music so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. It actually is, like, one of my... I would say it's my favorite game series. Sure. And it's probably one of the most embarrassing things to say that I like. <laughs> in In the realm of video games, it's like... I'm a big fan of Kingdom Hearts because it wasn't until like recent years that I actually realized and like all of the the hype for the new game started to happen. I realized people really do not like this game hmm. and Interesting. for all like completely valid reasons. <laughs> like sure. every, everything we totally. just said, we're like the dialogue is really bad. Yeah. The voice acting in the new one was like all of the non Disney weeb voice mm-hmm. acting was <laughs> embarrassing sure sure it's so bad yeah uh and it's just like how did this happen <laughs> like, how did we get here like this is such a good intellectual property how right. is it so bad in execution but i'm just like i'm, I'm still gonna and buy yet it also and i'm people still gonna love it. it and i feel like if it makes people happy and it makes you happy i mean i don't believe in guilty pleasures yeah i i enjoy it and i recognize that it's not perfect yeah it's, it's not even i would i would even say it it's takes not, maturity to be able to do that yeah i would say it's also like not uh necessarily worthy of like because uh i don't know if this is true anymore but before uh kingdom hearts uh key which is the mobile game before that came out i think kingdom hearts was the only game series to have greatest hits on every platform that it was released on oh wow that was like the only game and they had like eight games at that point across it's different a pretty platforms. cool concept too. yes and again the art direction like and yeah. it's disney mm-hmm. yeah i would say i would i would even venture to say like it didn't deserve to set that record because mm-hmm. i've played the majority These are such of bold words from you i, I never say... thought i that we would be having this conversation about kingdom hearts well Play some of the side content and you'll understand how oh, totally. not exciting it is totally. to play. It's like this doesn't have any bearing on the story. The yeah. voice acting, like they didn't have all the voice actors. I remember playing Chain of Memories and being like, what is this? Oh, that's but the I, best one. Oh, really? That's the best one. Oh. <laughs> but, I, uh, but I do remember playing the days, whatever. I don't even know the numbers. 365 half days. There it is. Yeah. And the meaning of that, and that one I love. You only learn the game. meaning of that game I at like the final thirty minutes game. of the game. I don't even remember what it was. Well, because it's about like a year. It's a year of storytelling, and you realize that the year uh, that's being told in the game is like a parallel to another character's year. Oh my god! Yeah, that's why it's called what it is. I need to replay it because I, it's oh man. because it's Roxas's story. Yeah, and it's so weird. Yeah. So it's like the days, the 365 days in concept are like split in two. They're Sora's days and Roxas's days. Do you see my face right now? Yeah. <laughs> it's like shock. 
<laughs> yeah, I remember. I remember because Jess and I watched the cinematic for 365 Half Days, and I remember being like, "That's why it's called that." Wow. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" Actually, I think it's called. Actually, hold on. 358 half days. Yeah, I because, think it's 358 yes, too. Yes, because because it happens seven days before, I think Roxas's story ends like seven days before school starts oh, or something gonna, like, like that. Cry. It's such a it like there's certain things it where it's really like it like, hits it hits certain beats that it's like that was clever. Right. That was cool. I feel like when it when it aligns it or when it gets it right, it really gets it right. And for me, that's enough reason to play and engage with it. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. I I recently played the we're we're just talking about video games at this point, and, I, I, and I'm okay with it. I love it. video games so much. Um, so I I don't know if you've ever played Shadow of the Colossus. No. Or if you. But I've heard of it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's basically just a boss rush. There's 16 colossus. Is <laughs> Colossi Colossi that you have to? I feel like we did the, what we did just now in our first podcast episode with something else. With something else, maybe I don't remember. There's a good chance. I we feel did. like oh, it's gonna bother. Oh, me now. it's gonna bother me too. But let's just listen to our whole first podcast episode. Yes, <laughs> just kidding. Let's do a comment. This episode will be a commentary of the first episode. Mm, yeah. Anyways, um. So Shadow it's just, of the Colossus. It, yeah, it's just a boss rush. It was a PS2 game, and I think it came out towards the end of its release because I think it sort of was like using like the the limit of of the PS2's capabilities. Mm-hmm. It was a greatest hits collection uh, edition. Then it was re released, like remade and re released on PS3. Then they remade it again for the PS4. Uh, the PS4 one they rebuilt from the ground up. Hmm. Because it was like they had to do an overhaul if the graphics were really going to be different. Totally. Um, and it looks incredible. But the downside is it still plays like a 10-year-old PS2 game. Sure. And I completed it, and it was amazing. It was it was great. What are you looking at? Oh, I was looking up Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, for like artwork and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Um. The artwork and the music is so good for that game. And I that's, feel like I've heard that it has a really, really, really good soundtrack. It It's so nice because like it also. Oh, wow. So many of its artistic choices oh, are really intense. clever. What 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 did you see? Oh, that was like, like the giant person. Yes. And then that's like such is a. Is that the Colossus? That's one of them. <gasps> that's not even the biggest Colossus. Oh, my gosh. And the like. Look how tiny that man is. So you play. How is he gonna fight him? <laughs> you play. You play a character. It's like it's a love story. So it's. Wow, that was an embarrassing. Oh, <gasps> really? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, like a child. Love is the most powerful force <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> I don't need weapons. I have my friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's basically that's that is my spark notes for the entire kingdom Hearts. i was just gonna say that's kingdom Hearts in a nutshell i don't need i don't need power my friends are my power Mm -hmm. that's the entire story that's you don't need to play it now yeah just watch it (laughs) um anyways shadow of the colossus really gets a lot of artistic choices right uh in my opinion like there's a deity uh called dorman i think and it's voiced by two people it's oh. voiced by a man and a woman simultaneously. Oh, that's cool. So it's like this that's genderless really cool deity. 
and it's i mean it's not like it's not like an easter egg but it's just like really subtle and it's a cool choice Mm -hmm. um because the the man's voice sounds a little bit evil and the woman's voice sounds a little bit calming interesting and so well, yeah, it's just like that little moments of like great intentionality mm-hmm. that definitely can show through. Yeah. Anyways, I think what you're saying, there's moments where it hits, like where it all comes together and everything aligns yeah. yep. and it's like they got everything right in yep. this moment. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, OK, I understand why this game is such a big deal. Totally. Even if like the other 75% of the time you're just like yeah this is a clunky right. old game it's that like I do not want to totally play totally throwing darts blindfolded yeah <laughs> but yeah when those moments happen where everything aligns and the music is like the orchestra is swelling yep. and you're in you're like jump, climbing this massive colossus yep. and like your horse is running around to your rescue yeah. and this sort of stuff you're like oh I understand why this was yep. such a big deal totally well and it's that like it's so amazing when like a a full game will hit that most of the time if not all the time yes. like there are some games for me at least that like do hit that in every single moment in every single category and i'm just like yeah. oh my god yeah like consuming this art makes me a better artist yes yeah it's like when baymax is flying and he's like flying makes me a better healthcare companion yeah i think about that all the time <laughs> really yeah i do i'm like I love that travel makes me a better songwriter you know i think that movie makes me a better artist i think it does i think it makes me a better artist visually that that movie is so yep. inspiring i have the art of big hero six book and i yeah literally like when i'm stuck songwriting i'll like look through art books yeah. That that artwork, that vinyl that Jess got me for Christmas. Mm-hmm. I didn't get her that for Christmas. She got me that for Christmas. Amazing. Uh I love the color choices and I love that it's like unique. It's upside down. I'm talking about the thank you next artwork. My wife got me the vinyl for Christmas and I freaking love that, is that album. The, is that the vinyl that's clear in yes. the Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, I walked by and was like, "Oh my god, this is sick." And as soon as I got that vinyl, I'm like, "Well, I'm going to like it has to be seen totally uh it's just there's certain stuff like that and different artworks that i have up here where i'm like i have to see it because it it makes me want to create cool yes. things yes and, and I, there are enough things i feel like that discourage like creativity that like when you can find things that like make you want to make art i think hold on to those and like continuously engage with those yeah yeah i agree yeah that's part of why i had artwork put onto my instruments actually yeah. because that's when i see sick. my instruments not only am i inspired by them like or not only am i inspired by like playing them and like when an instrument makes me feel empowered to yeah. make music yeah uh i like the way a lot of instruments particularly fender instruments look and i wanted to like augment that and so i had annabelle do the artwork for the pit guards it's brilliant because i feel like i just love getting excited about picking well, and up an i instrument. will say like in every time these past couple weeks where you have picked up one of your guitars i always am like oh what design is this one like my brain now is like looking for it and yeah. it makes me feel i feel like it elevates the experience it's engaging yeah a little bit it's engaging yeah and each one is is unique and we tried to make it so that way like they I mean like even there the PRS has like an owl's wing yeah. on it 
and the fretboard is covered with birds. Yeah. And like the strat next to it has ocean waves oh, on I it love and it's the like ocean wave one. And it's like an oceanic blue color. It's so beautiful. Um and so I might steal it. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> you just said okay. All right. I'll get another one. Wow. It's fine. Really? That's all? Cool. Just, you want to pack it up for me? <laughs> I can just take it on home? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this this needs to stop. No. Like this I'm, I'm smiling through the pain. <laughs> <laughs> please let this end no <laughs> um but yeah that's that's part of what that was because i liked having in our last place and even the places before that i would put artwork up so that way when i needed a break and i could just sit back in my seat i would see inspiring things and a big part of like why i i enjoy this monitor is because if i want to make everything go away I can see something yeah. nice in the background. And, totally. I, and like the Apple TV. Oh, I love, yeah, I love the, the Apple TV. The Apple TV is right next to us, and I always have the screensaver on, even when I'm not using the Apple TV, because well, I like seeing that. And I will even say, like, sitting on the couch, like, working on lyrics while you're recording some guitar or something, and I'm like, hmm, like, I need to look away from my screen to think and to, like, look at something that engages me. Like, I don't know. I just feel like my brain comes up with better solutions yeah yeah and to bring things full circle <laughs> um, no isn't that what christmas is all about mm. um no i mean like i think i think that represents an important aspect of creating in general whether it's songwriting or whether it's performing or whether it's uh like painting drawing yeah sketching whether totally. it's dancing like i actually uh i i i don't know if i should say this but i asked somebody uh because i'll message people pretty often i'll be like hey would you be interested in you know being on my podcast it's about like you know creativity and workflow and that type of stuff um i recently messaged somebody who is a stunt performer oh cool and uh like i love the idea of people who are in vastly different circles yeah but share like creative workflow yep. like creative workflow is a huge part of my life yeah those are two common things and all knowledge is transferable too yes yeah and so yeah like managing creativity and things like that mm -hmm. which is something i heard bob Iger say in a little video clip and i was just like i like that term yeah managing creativity that is a, i'm gonna write that down yes it's a it's a good one it was a nice little gem um but i think that is a is a core aspect uh, of any creative process is something that inspires you, whether it's something visual or whether it's uh, a, a sound, whether you like having the window open so you can hear the wind yeah. or the street noise. Yep. Um, anything that stimulates you to create more cool things, uh, I think go for it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's cool to like bring that into the circle of like collaborating as yeah, well. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, if if you're vibing similarly with other people uh, and you're in a space where you're just surrounded by things that inspire you. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of why our place is set up the way it is. So that way we've got like these visuals and yep. like the instruments are out instead of in their cases. I love that. Uh, I want it to be like. I just love being here. I want it to feel like a, a creative workspace. Yeah. Instead of like instead of just like a computer at a desk. Right. 
Um, and I think whatever that means for you who are listening, like whatever you can do to surround yourself with the things that inspire you, uh, at your core, I think those are going to be the things that really help you make things that are your voice. Yeah. Uh, and I can't remember which book, but it's one of Austin Kleon's books. Uh, I, I was, I was literally going to say probably <laughs> what you're about to say. Well, there's a, there's a portion, uh, is probably the most recent thing I've gone back and read was he was talking about your creative heritage mm. and oh, yeah, yeah. who inspires you and who inspired them yep. and who inspired and them. Like building your creative family tree kind yeah. of. Yeah. No, uh, I love that. So if you like so-and-so they like the Beatles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, so go listen example. to the Beatles. So listen to the Beatles yeah. and you'll understand. Right. Uh, and so part of what he says in that is like, who are your biggest idols? Get their pictures and put them up yeah. somewhere where you can see it. Yeah. And he like, there's just some subconscious aspect of like you joining these great yeah. influencers Yeah. in, and I hate that word, but like, no, influencer. Totally. but like, you surrounding yourself with these faces of people that have created things that have really enriched your life, I think subconsciously gears you to do the same thing. Well, I think it kind of goes back to even what we were talking about with video games and like about kind of having a North Star, so to speak, in like when you get stuck, it's like there's you have you have a direction. You know, because yeah. you know what inspires you. You know what feeling you're trying to replicate. You know who you're influenced by. It's like you have this whole web to essentially unstick yourself, which I think is awesome. Yeah. 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 No, I was going to say um, <laughs> Austin Kleon. I think it's still like an artist, I think, is what that's from. What's the other one? Show your work. Sure. And the other one is Keep Going, his recent one. The third one. Mm -hmm. But... Um, see like an artist one of the, his whole things is like garbage in garbage out you know hmm. so if all you're consuming is like stale stale yeah or you're just being like a blind consumer to whatever is put in front of you and you're not curating anything mm -hmm. then like then no wonder your work is not great or up to your own standards or you don't feel inspired or fulfilled and i i think there's a very optimistic way. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I think there's a very optimistic way of looking at that where it's like empowering. I If I choose to surround myself more with the things that really inspire me, which is just enjoyable to begin with. Totally. Like, but that will also make you create better yeah. things. And it's hard because that kind of puts the responsibility on you and puts your destiny into your own hands, which it is. Yeah. And it's like. You are owed nothing. You are owed nothing. Yeah. No ego allowed. Mm -hmm. That was for somebody. Let me tell Let you. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. It's, I, I always, for me, what resonates with me is, is looking at things more in a way of like, it, it's easy to look at things and be like, oh, it's up to me. That is stressful. And how am I ever going to do it? But it's like, no, it's up to you. It was up to Walt Disney Right. To build what is now the empire mm -hmm. of yeah. the Walt Disney Company right. that owns everything we watch. And it all started with a mouse. Yeah. It's just like he it was up to it was up to him. Yeah. He was one guy mm -hmm. who faced tons of rejection. Yep. Tons of discouragement. 
probably was very depressed right because he had you know tons of failure right before he found massive success yeah um and he i think i think he had to anybody like him who overcomes failure like that and turns it into success just has to realize like it, it's up to me like if i quit now yeah what good does that no do? one is gonna believe in your dreams more than you are yeah and i think it's unfair to expect anybody else to yeah and i think just keep looking at your influences and they they were just one person right it was just one person who were also inspired by somebody else to yep, do something totally and they could do it you know yeah. and people in the past had a lot less resources than we do it's so true so what we're saying is there's no excuses. Yeah. And we won't accept any. So. <laughs> the pressure really isn't that great. It's just feel empowered. Right. Because 2019, going into 2020, this Amen. will actually be out in 2020. Oh, funny. This will be the first 2020 podcast. Okay. Happy so, 2020. Hey. Happy New Year, Derek. Should have probably opened up with yeah, that, but wow. whatever. <laughs> um, but 2020 is a time of so freaking much like my studio i have a professional recording studio in my living room right and that's a that's a very 2020 thing totally to have yep uh it's like if i was born 20 years earlier i wouldn't be saying that right now Mm -hmm. probably right you know maybe but there's a good chance that things would be very different for me things would have taken a very different direction totally uh so take advantage of what we have because things are pretty good be grateful yeah okay dude it's midnight i'm zonked goodbye (laughs) bye